Hallelujah. Um, good morning, everybody. Are you guys well this morning? Are you blessed? Amen. It's Vision Sunday, so very excited to share with you this morning. Excited about that. So um, that's the topic we're going to focus on today, Vision Sunday. So um, if I look back at just personally in my life, I am here because of the result of vision. If I didn't have a vision or personal vision or God didn't give me a vision, I wouldn't be standing here today. And when you normally say that, some people might say, well, uh, what about Jesus? Surely it's because of Jesus that you're standing here, right? So how can you say you are here as a result of vision? Here's the thing. Jesus is the key. It starts with him and it ends with him. Hello? So where I started with my life was when I surrendered it to Jesus. And because he's the key, what does he do? He begins to unlock the kingdom system to me. And as he unlocks the kingdom system to me with, with giving and being generous and, and serving other people, and I begin to do that, what happens? Things begin to grow in my life. So he's the beginning, he's the end, but I believe that in between the responsibilities on me and you. Because we don't want to preach a gospel where they say, if, if you give your life to Jesus, then everything is going to be okay. Sometimes people think that, you know, I'm going to give my life and then everything's going to be okay. Here's the thing, what is okay and what is sealed and guaranteed is that one day you will spend eternity with him. Amen. But because he gives you the key to unlock things, what happens? Your life begins to change. You begin to flourish. As you start setting out a vision for your life, you put seed in the ground, time passes by, and what do you see? A harvest. So where I was a year ago, I'm not at the same place anymore. Where my finances were a year ago, it's not at the same place anymore. Why? Because Jesus unlocked the keys of heaven, the kingdom to me. Amen. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So if we look at, if we look at time, right, people ask me always like, well, why did you come to Jeffreys Bay? Why, why come plant a church here? I mean, we were in Joburg. We were staying up there. Why do you want to come to Jeffreys Bay? And sometimes when I listen to people, not you guys, everyone out there, right? But when you leave here this morning, you're going to be out there. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> all right? But when I listen to people, they normally say that, well, I came to Jeffreys Bay because of the ocean. I came to Jeffreys Bay, why? Because the surf is good. I came to Jeffreys Bay because I can work in the green room and I can still surf at the same time. Okay, it's just me then, <laughs> all right? Some people are like, well, you know, I came to Jeffreys Bay because it's so peaceful. And I just wanted peace and quiet from... Johannesburg, right? And then in the same breath, I hear people say to me continually, CJ, the reason why I'm in Jeffreys Bay is because God sent me to Jeffreys Bay. There's some of you, all of you in the room, God spoke to you about Jeffreys Bay. But sometimes when I, when I take stock of those people's lives and I, and I begin to see what their day-to-day -day is, it's completely contrary to them, God sending them to Jeffreys Bay to do what he wants to do. Because when we land here, we can easily get involved with so many different things that starts distracting us. And actually, the thing why God has brought us here, we are not even doing. And here's the thing, guys. Can I shock you with that? Church is not just one of those things. God sent me to Jeffreys Bay. Now I've joined the church, so I'm okay. God sent you here to do a work here. So here's the thing that I always put in front of myself is that when time passes on, I want time to say that when I was here, when CJ was in Jeffreys Bay, he made a difference here. Here's the thing. We don't need to be in Jeffreys Bay. But here's the thing. We want to be 
in Jeffrey's Bay. I want to be here. Why? Because I know that God wants to make a difference here. And he's calling every single one of us to come here to make a difference in Jeffrey's Bay. Amen. So then you ask yourself, well, how are we going to, how do we do that? How do we reach people in Jeffreys Bay? Um, how do we create spaces for people through our vision? It says a place to belong, connect with Jesus, and you are empowered to change your world. Amen. So if you don't have a vision yet personally for your life, connect with somebody that has vision. Maybe the, the place where you work at and your boss has a big vision, connect with his vision. And as you are connecting with his vision, God will begin to show you your vision. But don't just sit back and say, well, I don't have vision, so I don't really know what I'm going to do. If you are a member here or if you're a partner here, connect with the vision that God's given you. And through it, you'll see God will speak to you. Amen? So I, I wanted to read real quick here from John 21. And this is a, it's a very important point in us fulfilling the vision as a church. Uh, this is Peter. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter responded, he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And the second time Jesus, sorry, the first time Jesus said to him, I want you to feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And because it was the third time, Peter was hurt. And he said to him again, do you love me? And Peter responded, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my sheep. Can you see the progression from lambs to sheep? He says, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. But what's important here in this scripture is that Jesus continually asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? If you don't love me, you won't be able to feed my lambs. If you don't love me, you won't be able to feed my sheep. And I begin to realize that if I don't love Jeffreys Bay, if I don't love every, anything and everything of this place, the people of Jeffreys Bay, I will never be able to feed them as Jesus commanded. Amen? I remember back in 2016, I came here to Jeffreys Bay with my family, probably one of the second, third times that we came and visited here. And... And I remember when I left Jeffreys Bay, I went to high school, and then I moved to Johannesburg, and I was probably up there for about 15, 20 years, and in between, I would come to Jeffreys Bay. But how many realize when people come to J-Bay, they save up money the whole year just to have a two-week holiday in Jeffreys Bay, right? And yet, you stay here, and you don't even go to the beach. <laughs> but that's not the sermon, hallelujah, that's not the sermon. So, so here's the thing is that people save money to come to J-Bay, whereas I didn't need to save money to come to Jebe. Why? Because my mom was staying here. My family was staying here. But I stayed far away from Jeffreys Bay. And I didn't know why. So, that, so when God started speaking to me about coming back to Jeffreys Bay to plant a church, there was a little bit of a hesitancy. Why? Because there was some stuff that I needed to deal with with Jeffreys Bay. There was some trauma here in Jeffreys Bay that I needed to deal with. And without me knowing, I had built up a resentment towards this town because of what take, took place in my childhood upbringing. And in 2016, when I got here, I had such an encounter with God where he came and he changed my heart towards Jeffreys Bay. And I realize now that five years later, six years later, if I didn't love Jeffreys Bay, 
if God didn't restore a love for me, for the people of Jeffreys Bay, I would have been here just a robot every Sunday just doing a job. But I'm standing here this morning, why? Because I love the people of Jeffreys Bay. So when God says to Peter, do you love me? Jesus says, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? My response wants to be, Lord, you know that I love you. And when he says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, my response must be that, God, I will do it. I'll do whatever it takes just to fulfill your vision. And that's the vision that he releases to Peter. He says, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my lambs. Amen. So this morning, I wanted to quickly just go through a few points of what is vision? What is vision? I realize more and more uh, in my time being here, whenever I sit with people, uh, young people, older people, the one thing that everybody struggles with or battle with is having a vision for their lives. They're living in the current space and they're going up and down, up and down, but they don't have a clear vision for their life. They don't know where they are going. They don't know where the, the point or, or what, what are they looking for. Because we're speaking about growth. We, we need to grow, but you got to grow into something. You can't just grow. You know, when your mom buys your bigger shoes when you go to grade one, why? Because she knows that you're going to grow into it. And the whole time you say to her mom, these shoes, they go like this when I'm walking the whole time, right? But she knows that in six months' time, in a year's time, you're going to grow into it. But if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a vision for a harvest, what are you going to grow into? And you're going to go around the mountain, around the mountain, around the mountain. And I'm telling you guys, it, it's, it's the time, it's the season where you break through that mountain over and over. God wants to do something new in your life. Amen? So real quick, if, you, if you're taking some notes, the power of vision. Number one, vision is the ability to see the invisible in order to make it possible. Vision is the ability to see the invisible in order to make it possible. I love the slogan of Adidas. They say, impossible is nothing. Hmm? Impossible is nothing. That sounds like a business and a company that has a vision where they can boldly say, impossible is nothing. You know what I mean? When God puts something in my heart, I can say impossible is nothing. Why? Because he's given me vision. Number two, vision is given to a person, but fulfilled by a people. Vision is given to a, pe to a person, but fulfilled by a people. Throughout scripture, God speaks to a man. God speaks to a king. God speaks to a prophet. And what happens? He positions the people and they fulfill the vision. Amen? Number three, vision is the key to the future. Let me say that again. Vision is the key to the future. And if you don't have vision, you will be trapped in your present. Let me say that again. If you don't have vision, you will be trapped in your present. How is, how, how is things looking right now? How's, how's things looking right now? The things that you're uh, struggling with, the things that you are just, I keep going around this mountain. I keep staying in this space. When we ask God to give us vision, what does it do? It takes us out of our present situation and it puts us in a different place. Amen. Does that make sense? Am I on number four? Your vision is not ahead of you. 
People always say it's out there. You know, it's, it's out there. I got to go and find it. I got to leave Jeffrey's Bay. I got to go there and I got to go because I'm going to find my vision and I'm going to find my purpose out there. But you know what? Your vision, it's in you. Your vision is in you. If God has given you something and he's hiding it away and he wants you to find it, the best place where you will place it is in you. But I mean, sometimes we need to dig a little bit. Isn't it? Sometimes we need to take Aikhraf and we're digging a little bit. We spend a little more time in God's word. And as we read scripture, what happens? God begins to clear up things to us. He begins to, things begin to make sense. And we begin to able to create a picture of the future that we want. Amen? And if we don't have a picture of the future we want, we will stay stuck in the present. Church, I want you to listen to me today. You will stay stuck in the present. And that is not what God wants for you. Will Jesus take you to heaven? Yes, he will. But he's given you keys to get you into the future that he wants for you. And if you don't access those things, next year, this time, you're going to tell me I'm still at the same place. I'm still struggling with my business. I'm still struggling with my finances. Things are tough at my home, etc., etc. Because you're not applying the keys and the principles that he's giving you in the word. Amen. Because he's the one. What did he do? He sent his Holy Spirit. And what is it? The Holy Spirit is your advantage. He's the one that comes and backs you up. So when you get revelation out of the word of God for business or any idea, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and he empowers you for that. But if you're just sitting around and just kind of, well, you know, I hope uh, this is going to happen and I know, hope this is going to happen, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, and I said it when we, when we spoke about Grow that first Sunday, God clearly said to me, yes, it's a corporate vision, but this is a personal thing for my people. God wants the best for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to live the life that he meant for you to live. But sometimes we, we don't access that. We, we don't want to dig a little bit more and find out, God, what is it that you're saying to me concerning my future? Amen. You know what the present like now with WavePoint, this is wonderful. We come to church. We do Life by Design. We do pray in a, mo- in a Wednesday morning. We hang out at Belong Group. And it's just, it's, it's good. I, I'm loving it. Who was, was at Belong Group on Wednesday night? Anybody? It was amazing, right? It was awesome. But guys, I don't want to stay in the present. I don't want to get stuck here. I want to step into the more that God has for us as a church. But at the same time, I want to step into the more that God has for me personally. What God has for our marriage, what God has for our children, what God has for our family. But the only way that I can get there is when I'm asking God to give me vision. Just give me, give me vision, Lord. On the other day, um, I think it was Monday, uh, I had a meeting with, I think, Dean, and he brought a friend, a partner with him in business. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we were standing over there, and, and this gentleman, I think he's already in his 60s. He's already in his 60s. And about a year or so ago, he lost his job. And they, he went on, uh, they retrenched him at that age, right? And when I listened to him on Monday morning, it didn't sound to me like this is a guy that doesn't have vision. It sounded to me like it was a young man that has a new lease on life, that God spoke to him about something and that God's going to do something in his life, literally. And then and, and I wanted to ask him, how did you get to that? And he started sharing with me. He said, CJ, 
my son gave me a, a notebook, an empty notebook. And I walked down to the beach one day and he was starting to pray and he had this book. And he says, God, what, I've got this blank page now. What must, I, what, must I, what must I do now? But the more and more he started digging in prayer, started speaking to God. What happened? His pen started moving. And God began to give him a new vision at 60. God began to give him a new vision for his life, a new vision for his family, right? And he starts sharing this prophetic word with me that how God is saying that this vision that I'm giving you is not just for yourself, but it's for people around you. Amen. So young people, you sitting here this morning, come on, get that empty book and begin to write down. Begin to spend time with God. Begin to write down your vision so that you don't have to get 60 to start again. Praise God for this man. Praise God for this, that he has vision again. He has a new lease on life. I praise God for that. But we don't have to wait until 60 to step into what God has for us. Amen? Hallelujah. So your vision is not ahead of you. It is in you. Here's the last one. Vision keeps you from being depressed. Let me say that again. Vision keeps you from being depressed. Let me read the scripture. Proverbs 29 verse 18, it says, And where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. How cool is that? Happy is he, the one that keeps the law. Right? But I want to quickly jump on this word. It says the people perish. What does that mean? Does it mean the people will die? Does it mean that, you know, God's going to come and smite them? The people will perish? No. It actually means, it's a Hebrew word, which means to throw off restraint. And the word perish also means to throw off self-control. It also means that there's no self-discipline. So when we read it again, where there is no vision, there is no self-discipline. Where there's no vision, there's no self-control. Where there's no vision, I can add, there's no accountability. Right? And then we sit back and wonder, why is things going like this? I, keep, I come to church every Sunday and I'm listening to the word. I'm listening to the offering. I'm listening to the tithe. But things are not changing. What, what's happening? The Bible says, he that keeps the law. So when I begin to apply what we're preaching from the front, really apply, begin to apply, I'm telling you now, your life will change. Your life will change. I don't want you to waste your time Sunday morning, come sit under a 40-minute message and you leave and it's like nothing changes. What's the, what is the point? It's, you understand what I'm saying? We have to apply the Word of God. And as we apply the Word of God in our lives, I guarantee you, things will begin to change. Things will begin to shift, right? That depression will begin to live. Why? Because you're living with purpose. I'm calling those things that are not as though they are. Hallelujah. All right, cool. So vision makes you organize your life. I didn't say that in the first service. Vision makes you organize your life. And this is a good one. Vision makes your life simple. Makes it simple. Why? Because I know what I'm focusing on. I have had so many people come to WavePoint over the years and, and propose things to me. Hey, CJ, we should be doing this. Why don't you do this? I even had a political party come to me and say, hey, I think you should run for office. The people really like, you know, they, they love you and they listen to you. Doesn't it sound like, all right? 
Hello? And at the time, you know, church was still small and, you know, we were trusting God and everything. And it was like, that's a great opportunity. But you know what? I didn't let that take me off course. Why? Because God gave me a clear vision. And you can ask my wife, I will do anything if it aligns with the vision of the church. If it doesn't align, I will tell you, thank you so much, but we're not going to do that now. So what happens is vision has made my life simple. Sometimes you don't have to, I got to go pray five days, I got to go do this. Because God has given you a vision, you can make a decision. Yo. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, just one more story. That I had this guy come in, it was 2020. And one of, one of the things that, that, I've, that I have in my heart is that I want to start a music school and I want to I wanna have a recording studio and uh, do productions, etc. in Jeffreys Bay. And this guy came to me and I, sh- I shared with him, be careful who you share vision to. Hallelujah. So I, I shared with him and, and, and he came back to me the next day. He said to me, hey, I've got connections in the par- Department of Trade and Industry. I can, give you, I can get you all the finances you need to set up all that stuff. That sounded amazing, right? And I went home that day and I was thinking about it. Again, I realized this doesn't line up with the vision and it's not for now. Right? I phoned him. I said, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it, but I don't believe it's what God wants us to do now. Man, did this guy manifest. I thought he was a friend, but he manifested. Why? Because he wanted me to do what he wanted to do. And it was never about me. It was always about him. And I could have easily derailed what God has said to us in Jeffrey's Bay. Amen. So I am on this vision. I am on this vision. The Bible says, if you, if you build my house, I will build your house. I'll build your house. I can be, let me be a little bit bold. Even God said to me the one day, if whatever you do that's attached to Wavepoint, I will bless it. Maybe that's just for me, but I was like, God, I take that. All right, so I want us to quickly just get a little bit practical, and we're going to talk quickly about what is our corporate vision for the future. Is that cool? All right, here we go. Here we go, 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 here we go. All right, cool. So I wanted to cast some vision this morning for 2027. All right, I'm excited about it. Let me say it again. I want to cast some vision this morning for 2027. You know that song that I do, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. My friend, I live in the future. You can ask my wife. I live in the future, right? You know what I'm saying? I know sometimes I need to be present, and I need to be here, but I'm continually living in the future. Why? Because God has given me like a futuristic vision. It's not like a... Just for, it's like for the future, you know what I'm saying? All right, so we're going to cast some vision real quick. Uh, last year, the 1st of July, I was busy praying, and the Lord gave me this scripture. And I know some of you have heard me over the last months. I've been talking about this building next door, and I've been talking about us moving and trusting God for the space. But I don't think I've actually shared with you where that comes from. Amen? So don't worry, we're not moving. We're still here, Okay. Uh, Sharon is like, are we moving again? Like, what's happening? So the scripture he gave me was in Exodus 25 verse 8. And he says, and then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. 
And I started meditating on it and, and praying about it. And I clearly heard the Lord say to me, build me a sanctuary so that I can dwell among my people. And what, is, what does a sanctuary mean? First of all, a sanctuary is for God. And number two, the sanctuary is for the people. Amen. And, and what happens? Why, why for God? Because it's an, it's an altar and it is a holy place. God is everywhere, but he doesn't manifest himself everywhere. In Scripture, in, in the Bible, we find that there were places where he came with his presence and he actually stayed with the people. And he told Moses, says, I want to be with my people. Build me a place so that I can come and dwell among my people. And I feel God is saying to us that in 2027 or by 2027, we're going to buy this entire property and we're going to build him a house right here next door. Amen. We're going to build him a house. Amen. Hallelujah. And then in that house, it's going to be for God, but it's going to be for people as well. And it's going to be a house of refuge. It's going to be a house that's an oasis. It's going to be a house that is a port in a storm. It's going to be a house that, that people will have encounters. It will be a house of healing. It will be a house of deliverance. It will be a house of worship. And it will be a house of prayer. Amen. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it. So every time when I drive in here and I see this building in front of me, I say, thank you, Lord, for the sanctuary. Thank you that your house will be built on this property. And thank you as it's built on this property and your presence come, that people will come from all over the world, all over the world to experience and encounter the wave of his glory. Just like he promised. Just like he promised. And then, you know, questions we can always ask ourselves is, well, if we have this vision to build God a house, how are we going to pay for it? Isn't it? Who's going to write the check? Who's going to, you know, give the money? And, and sometimes we can't get into a comfortable place saying, you know what, God wants to do that, and he's probably going to use somebody else to do that. Right? Immediately when we, we speak about things like this, I just tap out. This is where I tap out. I'll come and do the worship. I'll come and sing. I'll come and stand at the door. But hey, that's probably for those, for those guys. I don't want you to tap out this morning. I don't want you to tap out this morning. I believe that God is not necessarily just going to bring the money from outside of Jeffrey's Bay. I believe that God's going to do it right here through you. Through you, through you, through you. Maybe you are not at the, at the space right now where you can see that and you can comprehend it. But I want you to attach your thinking to this vision. And saying, if God has given it for 2027, there's some things that need to start taking place in my life right now. This is not five years, it's three years. Three years, hallelujah. And I believe that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be such, such a blessing that it's going to bring glory to God. Glory to Him. Um, a few years back, I, I had a meeting with somebody here in Jeffreys Bay that's very influential. A lot of businesses, yeah, been here for years. And I went to the office and we had some tea and it was a nice chat. And as we were going, 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 she said to me, CJ, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, of course. She said to me, where do you get your money from? Because things were happening at WavePoint. Things were happening at the foundation. She says, who's your donor? Who's your main person that, you know? And I said to her, you couldn't have asked me a better question. Why? Because I was able to say to her that God is the one that brings the provision for the vision. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. And I said to her, 
that what happens is when God gives us vision, we communicate that to the people. And what happens, God begins to stir the hearts of people. What happens, and it moves their resources so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Amen? And that's the power of vision. The power of vision. When you can communicate and share your vision for your small business or the creative idea that you have, if you can communicate vision for that, the provision is going to come. Amen? And I believe that, you know, my mom, she's a domestic worker. And I believe, mama, that you're going to sow a big seed into this building. And you will see the goodness of God. You will see the goodness of God. So domestic workers, people that are just normal workers, waiters that are waitering in restaurants, you're going to fund the kingdom of God. Amen? You are significant. You play a role in what God wants to do in Jeffrey's Bay. Amen? Hello? Come on, time will tell if we made a difference in Jeffrey's Bay. Hallelujah. So real quick before I move on to the next thing, um, this place has to look like something, <laughs> and it has to feel, and it has to have, to have an atmosphere. And, and what God gave me was Exodus 25, verse 9. He says, you must make the tabernacle and design all the furnishing according to the pattern I show you. So I don't have a pattern yet. I don't have furnishings and all this <laughs> idea. That's why we don't have a photo up there. But we're going to believe God for it. Amen? We're going to pray. We're going to trust God. What is it that He wants? How must this house look like? Amen? So I want, you to, I want you to partner with us. I want you to connect yourself with this vision and begin to pray into it. Begin to pray into it. Begin to, if you wanted to start sowing into begin to sow into it. Or if your heart is set on wanting to partner with it and there's some personal things that you need to start putting seed into the ground, begin to put it in the ground. We are seeing the harvest, but we know that in the in-between, God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow in our personal relationship with Him, and He wants us to grow when it comes to our finances. Amen? Because what happens is with our resources and our finances, we advance the kingdom of God. Hallelujah? Amen. So we just got one more thing that we want to share with you, and then we finish with Vision Sunday. Hallelujah? All right. Are you guys ready? Just so you know, we're not moving, okay? We're not moving. <laughs> not yet. Hallelujah. So I want to I wanna quickly just read a scripture, and then we, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, it's in Acts 1 verse 8. And it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, take note, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right? He says here, In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Which means that this, the disciples, they were in a location. They were in Jerusalem. And then he says to them, I want you to go beyond Jerusalem. I want you to go beyond Judea. I want you to go to Samaria. And then I want you to go to the ends of the earth. Are you following me? All right. So the scripture on the wall there on that surfboard, it says, ask me to give you the nations. And he says, I will do it. Ask me to do to give you the nations. And on, on, on Monday morning, I was uh, walking on a beach and I was praying and, and the Lord reminded me of this scripture and I began to realize that I've never actually went to God and said, God, give me Jeffrey's Bay. You know, because it's like a scary, you know, like you can't ask for that. You know, and in that moment, as I realized that, I said, God, I will ask you for Jeffrey's Bay. 
I will ask you for the harvest of Jeffrey's Bay. I will ask you for the souls that need to be saved in Jeffrey's Bay. I will ask you for the nations. And he says, I will do it. Right? And then I realized that we're talking about the nations. And what's interesting about Jeffrey's Bay, Jeffrey's Bay is a town of nations. There's nations from all over the world that comes to Jeffrey's Bay. And what's interesting with this scripture is that God is saying to David, David, I want you to ask me. Ask me for your inheritance. But normally what, what happened was is that when, when the dad dies, what happens? The son gets his inheritance, right? And here God comes and he flips it around and he says, hey, I want you to ask me for your inheritance. I want you to step out in faith and just begin to ask me. And it's almost like God was daring him and saying, what are you going to ask me for? What are you going to believe for? Because it's your inheritance. Amen. So as I was asking, we were praying. And we were putting stuff in front of God. It's like, God, if you're asking us for the nations, who do we ask for? And if you say that we need to go beyond Jeffreys Bay, Judea and Samaria, where is that? How does it look like? Because I know that God wants to send us to the end of the earth. Amen. So are you ready? Come on, are you ready? I want you to give me a drum roll, a drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. All right. So we are going beyond Jeffreys Bay. And in 2024, we are launching Wavepoint Church in St. Francis Bay. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. While I was busy uh, in my training to plant churches, there was one guy that did a session and he said that if you are a church planter, and you don't plant another church in the first five years of your ministry, you will never plant another church. You will stay stagnant. You will stay in the place that you are. And it will just be about us. We've got our thing here. We're going to build a building. And it's so great and it's wonderful. But I don't want us to be that church. I want us to, 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 to go beyond Jeffreys Bay. And as we go into Judea and as we go into Samaria, what happens? God begins to open up the rest of the world to us. Amen. It's easy to say, hey, we're going to plant a church in overseas. We're going to plant a church in Australia. We're going to plant Hawaii and, and all these places. That's wonderful. But I think for us that are here in South Africa, we need to begin to step beyond our borders here and say, hey, we're going to go into our nation and we're going to be to plant churches. We're going to be, begin to establish work and then God will set us up for the nations of the world. Amen. This is a complete shift because I was ready for the nations. I was ready to go for the nations, but I realized that God is calling us to Judea and Samaria. Amen? So I want you guys to pray with us. If you, if you connected to this vision, begin to pray with us. St. Francis is not a thing that we are going to do. St. Francis is an extension of what God is doing at Wavepoint already, which means the same vision, a place to belong, connect with Jesus, and empower people to change their world. Right? Another thing is that Jeffreys Bay as a town still, unfortunately, is very divided. You have the affluent, you have the people that are not so affluent uh, staying on different parts of our town. But what's so beautiful when I look at Wavepoint Church, we've started breaking those barriers. Breaking those barriers. There's no, no more divide between us. Amen. And I believe it's because part of the vision God has given us is so that we can break those divides. 
We're not creating a place for a people group. We're creating a place for God's people to belong. And when you are in, in St. Francis, uh, I've been able to be there a few times, not just at the beach or surfing. I actually went into the community. And that's a different place altogether. Kim is here this morning. She'll tell you about it. It's a different place completely. And I don't know what the other churches are doing in St. Francis. God bless them. But we want this in St. Francis. Where black, white, colored are worshiping Jesus together. Amen. Amen. And, and, and God has given us, he's given us the vision for that. He's given us the vision. And because he's given us the vision, we know what's going to happen in the future. Amen. Hallelujah. So, baby, you want to see? You want to come and add some? Not? We're just having a quick meeting here, staff meeting, and then we go. Amen. Can I ask you to stand with me this morning? It's Vision Sunday. Sure. St. Francis Bay. My gosh. Come on. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. What's so great is, um, interesting enough, uh, where's Kim? Interesting enough, two weeks ago, we were talking about what's happening at Wavepoint now. And my wife was saying is that our hearts is that things get to a place at Wavepoint that we don't, that we don't have to be here, if, if it makes sense. That it's not reliant on us. Is that God is already raising up people. He's already raising up worship leaders. He's, he's raising up people that are running belong groups. He's, he's already raised up people that are setting up the sound and that opens the doors and, and everything like that. And the time has come that it's not a reliance just on us. Because God has placed an apostolic pioneering gift on our lives. Which means we have to go. We have to go and pioneer. We have to go and pioneer. There's some of you this morning that God is stirring in your heart and saying, hey, Pastor CJ, I believe I need to go with you and pioneer. I believe I need to go and pioneer with you. I need to go and do it. I want you to come and speak to us in the coming weeks. We will talk more about it, and we're going to pioneer. Amen? And just in that, it doesn't mean we're going anywhere. J-Bay is our home. Yeah. This is our church. It's about what's the blueprint? How do we do both? Okay? And that's why God's put you here. <laughs> that's how we do both. Because it certainly can't be me and, my, and CJ on my own. There's just one thing that I wanted to say when CJ was talking about vision earlier. Um, when he said, be careful of who you, you share your vision with. Be very careful of who you allow to have a voice into your vision. Okay? CJ and I have made that mistake. And it's cost us. Be very careful. The vision that you have for your life, things that God gives you, be very careful who you allow to have a voice in that. Because not everybody's heart is really for you. Not everybody can see what you see and they can speak doubt and unbelief and all koikis in. They can come and add to your vision. And maybe God doesn't want those additions. So that's just something I wanted to share. And then just to bless you, Wavepoint, I know January has been a lot of information. It's been a lot of setting up the year. It's been a lot of stuff, right? We've had Grow Sunday. We've had Belong Sunday. Next week's normal church. Amen? So bless you. Have an incredible week. And CJ's going to close in prayer. Amen. Father, we just want to commit this to you this morning. We want to commit this vision to you, God. This is, 
this definitely doesn't point to a person. It doesn't point to a, a man or a woman, but it's about you, Jesus. And Father, we pray for our vision for 2027. Thank you, God, for the provision. Thank you, God, that you're going to use every single person here this morning to provide and, 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 and add and be generous towards us extending and building your kingdom in Jeffrey's Bay, Father. God, we want your presence here. We want you to manifest your presence in Jeffrey's Bay. God, I know that your heart is for every other church, Lord, every other church that you would manifest yourself, God. And for us as a house, we want to be intentional about it. Lord. And while we are here in the time space before we step into that, we want to be faithful. We want to right now create a house of prayer. We want to be a house of worship, Lord God. We want to be a house where the presence of God dwells, Lord God. We want to be a house that ministers to Jesus, that glorifies Jesus, Lord God. And as we step into the next season, the next space, Lord God, that it will just be continuing and it will grow and grow and grow and grow. I pray, Lord, for St. Francis, Lord, we, we just submit that to you. We give that to you, God. You have already gone into the future. You've already seen it, Lord God. I pray that you would open doors. I pray that you would align the right people, that you would draw the right people, Lord God. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I know that there are people in St. Francis that have been, that have been crying out saying, we, God, we need something. This, this, we need something to, to come and happen. And God, we want to we be our, the vessels and we say, God, we will go. Send us, we will go, Lord God. We will go, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for what you're going to do in that place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And I bless your people, Lord God. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I pray that you protect them, Lord, as their families, protect their families in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, amen. come on, the church says, amen, amen. amen.